invite you to turn in your Bibles to Paul's letter to the Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. I'll begin reading at verse 13 for the end of the chapter. If you're using a pew Bible, that can be found on page 1,157, 1,157. was during the first sermon in the series on love where I gave um, context to the fruit of the Spirit. I'll just say for our purposes here that in the previous verses, Paul speaks of how um, in Christ and through faith in his name, we are free, free from the curse of the law. Uh, And he speaks to being justified, being declared right before God through faith, and that the works of the law avail nothing. They don't do anything for us in terms of salvation. We cannot earn our salvation through works of the law because those who desire to do the law must keep the whole law, and that is impossible for man. And so Christ came, the perfect righteous one, who fulfilled all the law, and upon himself on the cross he bore the curse of the law so that in him we have freedom and forgiveness. In the latter part of the letter of Galatians, and in fact in all of his epistles, Paul speaks of how to put your theology to practice, how to put your doctrine to practice in light of what you know to be true about yourself, in light of what you know of what Jesus Christ did to you, did for you in shedding his blood on the cross, justifying you by his grace. This is then how you shall live, and this is what the Spirit of God is now doing in your life. He He has entered your heart, entered your life. He dwells in you, and he is doing a work, producing a harvest of righteousness. Let's begin our reading at verse 13 to the end of the chapter. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, to love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Thus far the reading of God's Word, let's ask His blessing in a time of prayer. O Father in heaven, we pray that you would grant us your Spirit's blessing and wisdom, and insight into this passage of Scripture. 
as we look at the fruit of the Spirit called patience, we ask, Father, for wisdom from above to understand what patience is, where patience comes from, and how we apply patience in our lives by the power of your Spirit. Oh, Lord God, we pray that you would grant us divine insight from your word so that we may walk in patience, that we may walk in the fruit of the Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, a number of years ago, there was a missionary called John Selwyn. I think I may have used them before in an illustration, but I think it's appropriate for our, our uh, sermon this evening. John served as a missionary, and he was approached one time while he was um, ministering in a service. He was approached by a man, a tribesman, who came out of the, out of the jungle and was sitting in a service, and he did not like what John had to say, especially when they were talking face-to-face, and this guy went back and plocked him in the face. Well, little did, it, did the villager know that um, John was a former boxer. <laughs> he was a very fit man, and he was very strong. In fact, he probably could have knocked the block off this guy's shoulder. Instead, he folded his arms and stared at the assailant and turned the other cheek, waiting calmly to get clocked on the other side. But the assailant felt ashamed, and he fled into the jungle. You ever remember a time in your life when you were mistreated? Do you remember a time in your life when perhaps somebody physically mistreated you or verbally mistreated you, spoke ill of you, slandered you? Do you remember those times? What did you think about it? How did it make you respond? How did you react to those times? Did you have your fists up ready to go at it? Or did you step back? In other words, did you have a long fuse or a short fuse? Do you have a long fuse or a short fuse? You see, the fruit of the Spirit called patience speaks to this. In fact, I like the older translation of this word, which is long-suffering. Long-suffering. In the Bible, there are a couple ways to communicate patience. There's a patience where you bear with one another, called forbearance. There's a patience where someone patiently endures trials. Someone who patiently endures tribulations. For example, if you are sick, you have cancer, and you're going through treatment, you are patiently enduring the trials of living in the flesh. Or if you're suffering persecutions at, at the hand of an unbeliever, or you think of our brothers and sisters in the Middle East or in Southeast Asia suffering persecution, they are patiently enduring. And the word for that is hupamane or hupamone, which means patient endurance. To patiently endure suffering. 
But that's not the word that Paul uses here as a fruit of the Spirit. The word that Paul uses here is translated long-suffering. It's a word macrothumia. Macro comes from the Greek word to mean long, micro short, macro long. Thumia is suffering. So long-suffering is to suffer long. To suffer long. That's the fruit of the Spirit that's being talked about here. But what are we supposed to suffer long with? What are we supposed to suffer long with? Long-suffering is to suffer long when evil or sin is committed against us and we not retaliate. We do not respond in kind. We turn the other cheek. That's long-suffering. That's the patience being referred to here by the Apostle Paul as a fruit of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 13, love is what? Patient. The word there is long-suffering. So I guess I could title this sermon, Long-Suffering Love. Because love is long-suffering. It suffers long when somebody sins against you and you not retaliate or respond in kind. In other words, you don't take vengeance into your own hands. This is what we're going to unpack this evening. So do you have a short fuse or a long fuse? Do you suffer long or do you suffer short? I've had enough. And the fists go up. The temper goes up. You're ready for war. Whether it's against your spouse, your children, your friend, or family, whomever. You have a quick temper, temper, or are you quick to become angry? In Colossians chapter 1, verses 10 to 12, Paul actually in this passage combines a couple words used for patience. Listen to what he says here. He says, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance, patient endurance, hupa mane, and patience or long-suffering, and joyfully giving thanks to God, so that you patiently endure, and in your patient endurance you are suffering long, When others sin against you, when we look at long suffering or patience, we need to first look at it as an attribute of God. An attribute of God. Long suffering belongs to the character of Almighty God, it's the fruit of the Spirit which reflects God's character. 
Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 to 7. Scripture says, And the Lord passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sins, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. Though The phrase slow to anger is long-suffering. That's why Psalm 145, Psalm 103 was used earlier in the service. God is slow to anger. He is long-suffering towards sinners. During the history of Israel, God waited patiently. He suffered long when His people were living in sin and rebellion against Him. This doesn't mean that He didn't discipline His son Israel. But He suffered long with them because He loved them. He suffered long with their disobedience and rebellion, withholding His wrath Remembering his covenant promise, but disciplining them. Because he is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger. Slow to anger. He holds back his anger and wrath in order to fulfill his purposes. Many people, most people, in fact, all people by nature like to coast through life. Coast through life. Is God patient with people? Is He long suffering towards you? You better believe it. We better believe it. In His time, though, He will execute His justice and wrath. Because he is perfect in his nature. He is long-suffering, but he is just as well. But he waits patiently. He is long-suffering. Paul says, or do you not, do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness and tolerance and long-suffering? Not realizing that God's kindness leads you towards repentance. It is God's long-suffering love. It is his tolerance and kindness. That leads his people to repentance. Leads his children to repentance and faith in him. And at the same time, God is perfect in all his ways. His his long-suffering doesn't overlook anything. As one author says, it simply sees further than man. It has the end in view. It has the true divine insight which knows best. It is not swayed by human emotions. God suffered long the sins of Israel until the time when He sent forth His one and only Son. He would fulfill His purpose in dealing with sin on the cross through His Son. He could have executed His judgment upon Israel and upon you and me. He could have done that and would have been just in doing so. 
but he's also compassionate and merciful and long-suffering. And he chose to exercise his long-suffering love so that we might know him and be saved by grace through faith in Jesus. In fact, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 3, Paul says, In the same way we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. He suffered long until the fullness of time should come to send forth his son. And pour out his wrath upon, not you and me, but upon Jesus. Upon Jesus. But Jesus too is long-suffering. He didn't open his mouth to his accusers. He didn't cry out injustice. He had a mission to accomplish. He had to do his Father's will. He was called to suffer at the hands of evil men, both Jews and Gentiles, and to do so according to the will of God. He was long-suffering in his very life, for he is long-suffering in the flesh. He suffered long, and he was vindicated when God raised him from the dead by the Spirit of God. And now he waits with long-suffering love for sinners to come to repentance and faith. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 and following here. Paul gives testimony to God in his grace through Christ and how he's called to be a saint, a, a Christian, and called to service in Christ's kingdom. He says, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord, Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I receive mercy for this reason that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience, literally his perfect long-suffering as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus Christ is long-suffering, and he displays his long-suffering in the salvation of his people. For sinners like you and me, Long-suffering is an attribute of God. Secondly, long-suffering is the application or fruit of the Holy Spirit. By God's grace, suffering is a fruit of the Spirit. It is 
again, outside of us. It is foreign to us, so therefore it must come from outside of us. And it is produced in our hearts by the power of the Spirit. And Paul calls us to walk in the Spirit. And we'll look at that later. But this fruit of the Spirit is granted to us by God in His grace through faith in Christ. And it is contrary to the works of the flesh. You see there in that list of the works of the flesh, fits of anger. Well, the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. Suffering long and not being quick to anger. The work of the Spirit, friends, is the work of tempering the believer's emotions to the will of God. That the will of God so transforms the will of the Christian that the temperament of the Christian, the emotion of the Christian, is then tempered as well. And the Spirit enables us to have this long temperament not to retaliate in anger or wrath. This is what sets the believer apart from the world. You see, the world likes to play judge, jury, and executioner. The world wants vengeance. Now, don't misunderstand me. There is justice in the world. There is a court system. Those who break civil laws will pay for their crimes. There is a justice system. But this is not what we're talking about. Just like last week we talked about inner peace and not civil peace, we're talking similarly in the same way. We're talking about long-suffering as it relates to the Christian and responding against evil committed them, sins committed against them. Letting the civil authorities do their job and not taking vengeance into your own hands. The world plays judge, jury, and executioner. Christians suffer long. This is our calling. This is our calling. I think a great biblical example, a gospel example, is found in Matthew chapter 18. I encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. This fruit of the Spirit at work in the heart of Christians. Peter wants to know how long or how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him. As many as seven times, Jesus said to him, I, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. And then he goes on to say, therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay his master, ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knee, imploring him, have patience with me. That is, have long suffering. Suffer long with me. And I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. God is patient. He suffers long. 
for sinners, sinners who owe a great debt to him because of their sin and rebellion against him. And because of this grace of God, this grace of God that is work in our heart by the power of the Spirit, the Spirit of God then enables us, empowers us, Christians, to respond in the same way that our Father responds towards us. The Spirit implants in us, it creates in us that fruit of righteousness, the fruit of long-suffering. To live our lives the way God calls us to live. To transform us, to suffer long towards our enemies and our fellow brothers and sisters who might sin against us or may disagree disagree with us on some things. Friends, this application or fruit of the Spirit is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. And I ask you now, do you have a short fuse or a long fuse? Do you have a short fuse? Do you remember, perhaps you have a longer fuse now, but do you remember when you had a short fuse and how the Lord sanctified you and helped you through the process of sanctification, growing you in the wisdom and knowledge of Christ, creating in you that fruit of righteousness, the fruit of long-suffering. For some of you, you're maybe just beginning. Maybe you have a very, very short fuse. Perhaps towards your children, perhaps towards your spouse, perhaps towards your friend. And so we look to, the, to long-suffering as the attitude of the Christian. How does long-suffering, how is long-suffering an attitude of the Christian? How should long-suffering be practiced in the life, Christian, in your life? The Holy Spirit applies this virtue for the purpose of preserving unity within the body of Christ, peace within the body of Christ, within the fellowship of Christ's people. And a Holy Spirit-led church manifests long-suffering among one another. And so we're called to practice this long-suffering, to walk in the Spirit and by the Spirit. This is a command to put into practice long-suffering. Because to walk in the Spirit and by the Spirit means to live contrary then to the works of the flesh. To not walk in fits of anger or enmity or strife or jealousy. Because that characterizes the work of the flesh and of the devil. But when we walk in the flesh and by the Spirit and practice long-suffering, this indicates that we've been transformed by Jesus and are being transformed by His Spirit. So how do we practice it? I think, first of all, we need to remember Christ's long-suffering towards us. You want to be slow to anger? You want to suffer long? Remember Jesus' long-suffering towards you? Have we forgotten that we're sinners and we live with sinners? We don't live with perfect people. We sin against each other. And we have a choice to make. 
by God's grace, we either choose to suffer long and, and learn to live with one another in peace. Or at enmity and strife. Which is it? It goes back to remembering who you are in Christ. Remembering Christ's patience with you. Well, secondly, I think we need to listen before we talk. If you're taking notes, write down this verse and memorize it. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. James chapter 1 verse 9. Just by way of illustration here, or by way of example, parents, have you ever lashed out at your child without knowing the evidence? Have you ever responded in an angry tone towards your child without first listening to them? But Dad, I, I, I don't want to hear it. In other words, son or daughter, you're already guilty before I even talk to you and ask you about it. Quick to listen. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. Well, third, remember that God's purposes will take effect in God's time. Long-suffering is trust in the fulfillment of God's promise. And so therefore, do not take revenge. Do not take matters into your own hands. Paul says, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. I will repay, says the Lord. Again, God disciplines whom he loves. But he suffers long with us. Another practical point here. Overcome evil with good. Romans 12 verse 21. Paul speaks of this frequently. Do not respond in kind. Do not respond with evil to those who do evil against you. No, overcome evil by doing good. Giving a cup of cold water to your enemy. Live out your faith by not being vengeful and bear with one another. Set an example to the believer by imitating our long-suffering God. God suffers long with me. I will suffer long with my neighbor. Evangelize the unbeliever with your words and actions. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not, become over, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, says the Lord. 
Remember Jesus' long-suffering love towards you. Remember God's purposes will take effect. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. I'm supposed to live my life the way Christ calls me to. I'm supposed to be Christ to my neighbor and speak Christ to my neighbor. Listen before you speak. Overcome evil with good. This is what John Selwyn did. Being a boxer, he could have clocked the guy and knocked him right out. Years after the assailant struck the missionary John, this uh, assailant became a Christian. And in that culture, new believers were given a new name. They called it a Christian name. And they would go before the church, profess their faith, and they would be given this new Christian name. And he was asked, what name do you want to be given? And he said, I want to be called John Selwyn. He's the one who taught me what Jesus Christ is really like. He's the one that taught me what Jesus Christ is really like. You see, the flesh wants revenge. The flesh wants vindication. If I am offended, I want justice. But long-suffering love is not that. It leaves it in God's hands. And God deals with it. Because He's bigger than you and me. He can handle it. And He does it rightly and perfectly. Or we just make a mess of it. This missionary is humbled by this man's request to be called by his name. And he praised God because he saw that the fruit of obeying the Savior's admonition to suffer wrongly for his sake had resulted in the making his witness effective. You see, ultimately, it's not about you and me. The gospel was made visible and effective by this missionary's action and obedience to Christ and His word and will. It's not about being vindicated. Yes, in the last day, we will be vindicated by God. We will know the Lord's vindication and He will bring vengeance and wrath upon this earth in unbelief. But again, that's in His hands. But how I live, how you live, will reflect the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. May it be said of us that we can suffer wrongly for the sake of Christ and thereby be an effective witness with our very lives. Beginning in the home. Let it begin in the home, fathers. Let it begin in the home, mothers. Let it be begin in the home, children. Slow to anger. Slow to anger. Long-suffering love is the fruit of the Spirit produced in our hearts by the power and operation of the Holy Spirit. And so we fervently pray that this 
fruit of the Spirit would be worked out and grow and blossom in our lives. Pray, pray, pray. You ask because you do not have. You ask because you do not. You ask, but you do not have because you do not ask in faith. You're a double-minded man, says James, when you ask, when you doubt, when I doubt. No, ask in faith. Ask in faith. Lord, grant me long-suffering love to the glory and praise of your name. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we thank you for your work of grace in our lives. We thank you for the power and work of the Spirit that produces the fruit of long-suffering. We pray, O oh Lord, that we would know your Spirit's blessing upon our lives and that you would conform us and shape us into a people who suffers long in response to any evil or attack against us or any sin committed against us. May we respond in a way that is pleasing to you and help us be a people who pray, who pray that you would bestow your grace upon us and your Spirit's blessing upon us to learn how to walk in long-suffering love. Help us not doubt, help us not to be double-minded men Those who are tossed and turned at every wind and trial. As your word teaches, we do not have because we do not ask. And when we do ask, we do not ask in faith. We are double-minded and we doubt. Oh Lord God, may this not be the case with us. May we ask in faith and we plead before your throne of grace that you would pour out your spirit in the families of this congregation. May it begin in the home and extend to the community of faith to our friends and family and neighbor. And may we reflect the long-suffering love of our Lord Jesus Christ who has great and abundant patience with us.